Hi everyone, welcome to this week's Padilla in the Know. I'm so excited to have my dear friend Lene here with us. This is going to be so great. So Lene and I have known each other for a long time. I'll just leave it at that. Um, we used to work together at In Touch Weekly back in the day. So my goodness, probably well over 10 years ago now at this point. It's been a minute. But she is a very dear friend and I'm so grateful that you're taking the time to talk with us. I'm so excited to have this conversation. So we are going to get right into it because it is going to be a busy, busy day. Yeah. Or, well, a busy conversation topped out by a busy day. Thanks for having me. Oh my God, of course. So, I mean, you've worked in so many different celebrity outlets mm -hmm. from Entertainment Tonight to In Touch Weekly, and you're currently at Hollywood Life. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me a little bit about your resume and what you've done, some of your highlights, and then also what you're doing right now? Sure. So I started my career, I interned at a PR firm. PR was not really my forte. So I, I wanted to do something in, in news involving celebrities but also incorporated television. And so I applied on a blind post on a win for Entertainment Tonight and The Insider. And I stalked this woman. I mean, certifiably stalked her. I called, emailed, this was, we had text, but you know. Reached out, reached out, reached out, follow up, follow up, follow up, persistent, persistent, persistent. And I was, I didn't know anybody there. So I was finally offered the internship and you know, I needed the credits and my parents so kindly sent me. And it was the summer that Brittany and Lindsay and Paris and Nicole all had their missteps, we will say to put it lightly. And I, you know, right away I was, I was filing tapes downstairs. I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. So, wait, wait, what did you think you were signing up for? I thought I was like, who knows? I mean, I was a naive 21-year-old at the time, I think, and I thought maybe I was going to be like on red carpets. Like, I don't know. So I went up to this woman on my second day of work, and I said, hi. There was an open chair, and I go, I'm Lene. I'm an intern. Can I help you? And she goes, sit down over there. You've got one day. Let's see what you can do. So I just, I don't even remember what it was. That, so it was just like a crazy news day. I think it was the day that Paris Hilton went to jail oh, for the first time. Yeah. That was actually the same time that I was starting stringing at in touch. Oh, it was. So that whole summer was like. What a time to be alive. <laughs> and I think I got like a statement from the cops or something. And you know, this is a job that nobody trains you for. Well, because you can't. You cannot train someone. You either get it or you don't. Right. And by the end of the day, she goes, I want you back tomorrow. And I said, great. Can you please call? My supervisor's name was Lauren at the time. And I said, can you please call Lauren and ask her? So she called Lauren and she goes, hi, I want that girl. I want her to be my intern this summer. And so she goes, she goes, I'll Lauren. She goes, okay, Lauren said no problem. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm out of filing tapes. Anyways, to this day, shout out to Samantha Jacobson. She is still my mentor. I love her dearly. Um, and, you know, I learned the ropes. I learned a lot. As an intern, I booked the first interview with Paris Hilton out of jail. So good. Um, and then from there, you know, I just, I, I had someone tell me that I belonged in magazines and, and somebody helped get me an interview at Us Weekly. And then I applied for something at In Touch Weekly and the rest just kind of became history. And I worked my way from club reporting to carpet reporting to I am now a senior reporter 
at hollywoodlife.com, um, which is an amazing company and brand under the Penske Media Corporation, PMC Umbrella. And um, I'll be here a year in October. I spent a decade at the Bauer Publications, uh, In Touch, which then merged with Life and Style and acquired Closer. And now I'm here at Hollywood Life. And that is it in a nutshell. So good. Two, two takeaways from that. Number one, your persistence, because I think that's what makes a great reporter. Mm-hmm. The only, you can't train for the job mm-hmm. and nothing can prepare you for it. And persistence is key. It is the only way. You have to, you just literally have to be willing to try any possible in mm-hmm. to get the job done because it's always the way that, that seems impossible. Yeah. That winds up being the one that works out and the one that you think is going to be a great plan totally. never works out. Totally. But I think the other takeaway from that is just knowing, like, you have so much enthusiasm for what you do and so much excitement for what you do and I think that is just an awesome thing to have and to be able to know so early on that that is really like what you love and what you want to do is such a great thing so I, I would love to kind of jump off that and talk a little bit about interviewing. So a big part of your job is interviewing and maybe not even formally interviewing like we are today, but doing interviews quickly and getting information from people. Sure. So I would love to know what, in your opinion, makes someone like what makes someone great to interview? What's an interview that you do and you're like, yes, this person gets it and I love them. So I think you want to make the person you're chatting with feel comfortable. Um, You know, I interview people from, I don't need to do any research because I know their story inside and out to somebody that I've never heard of and I don't know what they look like. Um, I always know that I have done a really good job if I can evoke that emotion out of someone. Yeah. Making them cry, making them scream. You want to get someone to open up to you, but what you need to do is to make them feel comfortable. Um, You know, and sometimes with a perfect stranger, like, how do you do that? You know what I mean? Um, That can be challenging, but, you know, I think... Really just evoking that emotion and and letting them trust you, um, which is scary. I mean, trust is a scary thing, let alone for someone that you don't know. No, totally. So that would be my, my best advice to somebody is, you know, do your best to let them trust you. And, and you're telling their story. Right. So you have to, you know, really do that. I, I mean, I will never forget, I interviewed Jordan Sparks years ago right after Whitney Houston passed and they did um, I can't remember the name of the movie that they did together now but anyways we're on the set of this she was doing shooting a cover for running women's running magazine or something like that um, shout out to Victoria Varela if you're watching for setting that up for us um, and, and we were piggybacking off of it and I remember it was really very shortly after Whitney had died and she just lost it talking about Whitney to me and she's like I have not gotten this emotional and I've been talking about it and I left there being like you know what did my job yeah um and and it was a great piece and it was it was you know they were she was telling me all these like amazing stories and this not and not you know we'd met a couple times over the years but like I'm not her friend I don't know her so it made me feel great that she felt comfortable enough to open up to me um you know and that's just one of several examples that I could give well, a lot of our viewers who watch are starting their own companies or building up their own brands. What are some common missteps that you see when you're interviewing someone that they make that you're like, oh, and 
I mean, I can think of a few off the top of my head, but just like kind of common, common mistakes. A mistake. I mean, listen, I feel like with any job or any brand or any launch, like it's all trial and error and you're going to make mistakes and mistakes are okay. And patience and persistence, you know, don't, you also, somebody told me this once, it's like, you don't want to lay all your cards out right away. You know, because then if it's a slower season, a slower time, whatever, and, you know, people are going to still expect that from you. You know, save save some of your tricks in your back pocket, if you will, a little bit along your way. But, you know, pers- like you said earlier, it's so true. Persistence is key, but you don't want to be too much of an annoyance or a bulldog. You right. have to have balance, you know. Don't check in every single day. Um, like that's one thing when people, you know, gently follow up, like give somebody 48 hours to respond unless it's like an emergency and you pick up the phone. That's the other thing. People don't pick up the phone anymore. You need something from me. Pick up the phone, you know, call me. It's so true. It's so true. It's crazy because I know I catch myself being like, oh, should I call them? Is that aggressive? And I'm like, no, it's saving 30 emails. Oh my God. I I would rather talk to you for five minutes than like send 20 emails. It's crazy. I so appreciate a phone call. Yeah. Phone calls are key. So what are three tips that you can share for someone preparing for an interview so they can really nail it? You definitely want to do your homework. Um, you know, I, I think it's good to research. If, if it's somebody who you can watch a video on, I'm more of a visual learner. So I always say, you know, if I'm interviewing an actor, for example, like I interviewed an actor this morning and I'll be honest, I wasn't super familiar with him before my interview. So I looked up his last little bit of work and I I watched the trailers on those projects to get caught up to speed. Um, You know, these people, you're a stranger to them, but they're also a stranger to you and that's okay. You know, sometimes the person interviewed before that, I know inside, outwards, frontward, backward, their whole story. So, of course, you're a little bit more comfortable doing those interviews, but you need to treat them all the same and act the same like you know exactly what you're doing. Um, But, yeah, I would definitely say do your homework, but I also believe in not doing too much homework because you're going to go in there with, like, 12 questions, and they may go off on a tangent during question two, which will lead you to five more questions that are not on your piece of paper. Um, So do your homework, kind of have Topics. I always go in with questions, but know that they're more of like loose and just kind of feel the conversation out. Let them lead the conversation, unless it's like something you need. When I'm putting questions together, I always think of what is going to be the best headline to sell this story. Um, what is? What are my readers going to want want to read? What is the continuation of the last interview I did with them that I can pick up from? Or I always um, Google the person or anyone surrounding that person and I always click the news tab because I want to see what the news is reporting and how I can continue the story and come up with my own take and my own angle. You know, it's like XYZ just had a baby and everyone's reporting they had a baby, but what's the next part of the story? How's their marriage? What are they doing next? Are they talking about baby number two? Did they have health complications? How's their health? Rather than just, oh, well, let me piggyback off of somebody else's interview. Totally. And I think letting them lead the conversation is a really good tip because I think a lot of people when they're interviewing or when they're having 
they're preparing for an interview, they're just thinking of a bullet of questions that they need an answer to, mm-hmm. and they want it to be like a clean tennis match, and it really should be more of an exploration and more of a conversation, mm-hmm. because you actually get better news that way, you get a better conversation that way, and you get better headlines that way. Absolutely, and and the big thing you know that my job at Hollywood Life also entails is exclusive. Because exclusive is something that I have that somebody else is not going to have. And that's also a big misconception in our industry is so many people label exclusive when it's not exclusive. And, and you know, here at Hollywood Life especially, we really do our job to break exclusive interviews, exclusive news, things that are exclusive that are ours, and then let other people pick that up, which is going to, you know, create more content and clicks to our site, which, you know, as, you know, for me, like, that's kind of my job is to drive traffic to the site um, so the more news you can break and and the more on the record I mean that's that's the best yeah. is getting some going straight to the horse's mouth to get people to talk to you is, is a good thing yeah absolutely well kind of jumping off that so here at Hollywood Life celebrity angle is obviously really important and I think when a lot of brands are reaching out they maybe aren't so familiar with how to pitch an outlet like Hollywood Life so I'd love for you to clarify a little bit about a what a celebrity angle is in relation to a product or a brand and then how a product and a brand should approach you when trying to pitch their launch to you or an event that they're having Mm -hmm. and like what makes it a yes and then maybe why it's not a yes. So for me, I think, you know, when somebody sends a pitch to something, they need to know who they're pitching um, and make it make it direct. Like if something comes to our info at and we all see it, it's not personal. So I think personalize it. Um, the way you're going to pitch me is not how you're going to pitch Variety, Deadline, Rolling Stone, whatever, um, if you will. So know who you're pitching, make it personal. That extra hi Amy versus hello XYZ mm-hmm. really helps. For me, I'm going to take a look at it and just at the first line alone. Um, also, you know, tell me what you're pitching, but like make it concise. Nobody wants to sit there or has time to sit there and read 500 paragraphs. So I have, like, we had one that came across today. It's like, I have this actress, this is what they're promoting this is when they're available for interviews. Those are the things that I'm looking at. Um, you know, and again, I think if you have a product and you have a way to incorporate an interview, but know who you're pitching. If you're pitching, you know, an athlete, you go a different route, you know, as far as outlets are, or if you're trying to kind of mainstream that, you need to somehow tie it in. So get a sponsor or, or somebody that you're working with that appeals to a wide variety across the board rather than just one central, you know, demographic. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think also knowing that the outlet is rooted in celebrity news and pop culture means that those angles are really important when you're pitching. So instead of just being like, oh, we have this great bikini, it needs to be like, oh, we have this great bikini as seen on dot, dot, dot. Totally. Preferably with pictures of said celebrity in said bikini. Yeah. Um, because that is what allows you to open the door to conversation about figuring out a way for coverage. And a lot of times those roots of coverage have a lot of different possibilities. Mm-hmm. So don't think just because you don't have Kim Kardashian in it doesn't mean it's a yes or a no. You know, it just like try to 
try to be creative, but also know, like, if I'm pitching a bikini and I have a celebrity in it, I'm probably not going to head up Rolling Stone. That doesn't make sense. Totally. So, like, do your homework. And also, like, social media, I mean... You know, I'm not part of that whole, like, YouTube generation, but I know, like, people really care about that and are looking at those numbers now. Um, I know we do a lot, and it's it's so funny because I have, I constantly am asking, you know, the very amazing, well-versed, skilled, younger people on my team who are part of that generation to, like, help me learn who and why mm-hmm. and whatever and I'm so fascinated by it because I'm just like what who um, and also I, you know if somebody pitches someone to me the first thing I'm going to look at if they're like you know here's XYZ it used to be like oh I've never heard of them past but now what I do with everyone because of YouTube and because of Instagram mm-hmm. and all these social media stars that are just taking off I go and see how many social followers they have and if they'll do a swipe up for us I, I say if they have like 2 million followers and they're going to do a swipe up or, and tag Hollywood like yeah. I always say yes. And I think that's actually a really great point and actually kind of brings us to our next question. So if a brand has not been able to get a celebrity under contract with them yet, what are some other possible routes to get a yes on coverage? And I think that is key. Like, that's perfect. Aligning with people who do have a big impact and a big following and are willing to do a swipe up and a tag helps you organically grow your audience, even in a way that sometimes celebrity partnership can't do because it's such a different relationship on social Totally. It's it's amazing how much social media has taken off, you know, and, and we didn't have that, like, as reporters starting out in this industry, like, oh my God, no. I couldn't, like, see where anybody was having dinner the night before or who could have posted from Twitter. I mean, it's, no. it, we had to dig. Yeah, we had to work there. hard. I remember being BBM friends with, like, oh Kim Kardashian and, like, all of those girls, and Kim... This is a thousand years ago. Kim would BBM me where they were going to be. Remember? Like, she would, like, tell us sometimes where she was going if we wanted to, like, send a photographer or whatever. And you had to work and build those relationships. And you had to really, like, get in with people. And now I feel like the beauty of social is you can just, you have such better insight knowing, like, it's crazy. Like, what's going on. It's crazy. Yeah, it's changed the game completely. Totally, I know. I mean, it makes it a lot easier for us to do our jobs, that's for sure. Love that. Yeah. Love anything to make it easier. But no, I mean, bringing it back to this, I do feel like it's a great opportunity for brands to align with a mix of people instead of having to put all their eggs in one basket. And it also... For you as a journalist, it gives you options. You know, it allows you to broaden your horizons and it allows you to grow your audience in a more organic way through partnering with these different personalities that maybe even five years ago would not have crossed the radar, you know, would have been a no. And now they can be a yes. Yep, very, very true. And also, I think, like, I always tell people too, like, charity components, you know, Mm -hmm. you make a donation to their favorite charity or you somehow tie that in because that's a way to get people to work with you when you don't have a big budget. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Mm-hmm. Good tips. Good tips. So in your opinion, what constitutes a win for a brand when, or and a win for you guys when you're partnering with someone? So like, let's say you are going to work with a brand for coverage and you're attending the event, you're going to cover that event as a member of the press. How do you look at those posts and that that work that you've put in and determine whether or not it was like a good use of your time and your investment? 
Um, I mean, listen, we look at numbers, obviously, if we're just going to get Chandler being into the data. <laughs> um, you know, I always, I, I always think, too, it's like when you see other people kind of starting to pick up your, your stories, that's when you know... Like, when you go viral, that's when you know you've really, really, really got something good on your hands. Obviously, there's lots of stories that we do that we feel very passionately about and really good about, and they don't go viral. But, again, I really feel like it's looking for the the continuation of a story that's starting to pick up and build. And knowing your audience, you know, like, you've got to know who your audience is and what your audience is going to want to care about. And sometimes you may not agree, but, like, fight for your stories. Fight for what you believe in. If you really, truly believe that that interview is going to do well and why, pitch it and, and be passionate about it. Because if you're really passionate about it and know what you're talking about, some, like you know, they'll listen to you. That's kind of what I would suggest. I like it. I think that's great advice. Well, is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to touch on while mm-hmm. we're here? Oh my goodness, I don't know. I mean, go I like go to HollywoodLife.com, read my stories. Yes. Um, you know, we got some good ones coming up. Always do. News is always churning and churning, baby. Love it. Never a sleepy day here Never in Los Angeles. Never a sleepy day. No, I've knocked out two. I've had a photo shoot, a phone interview, and it's not even 1 o'clock yet. Love it. Busy day. Busy day. Well, thank you so much for joining us, thank and you. thanks for dispelling some of the mystery around celebrity journalism Absolutely. for us, because I feel like there's a lot of confusion, and I think a lot of people think that you just make shit up. And that's not the case. No. No. <laughs> I think they literally think you sit in a room by yourself and just, like, type things. It's so hard, too, because, you know, I mean, I've been doing this now. God, I started in 2007. What's this? So this is 12 years in this industry. So also, you know, I, I try to tell people, too, when they ask for advice, like, don't sit at your desk. The best way to go get your stories is get out there. Yeah. Go meet people. Go cover carpets. Go have coffees. Go take your lunches. And and that, you know, when, peop- when people are like, oh, how do you get sources, whatever, that's how. You know, and again, it's getting people to trust you and also getting people to come to you when they have something because mm-hmm. there's so much competition out there. Um, be good Be good to your friends and your sources and, and just always be on your toes. You never know, you know, what you're going to see and what you're going to hear. And, and you know, it's also like you want to lead with emotion and, and think of, too, like think of how someone else, you know, would, would feel when you do have certain news to break or when you're telling their story, you know, when when you're telling a really good story and, and you think everyone, you can't share with the world and everyone's going to want to see it and read it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Super exciting, too. Yeah. It's a fun job. It is a fun job. Well, thanks again for taking the time. It was such a pleasure. Oh, thank so you, glad I got to see you. So you fun. too. Thanks for having me. And thank you guys for tuning in, as always. So much fun. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.